Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 74 of the Ask the Coach Show, where Ping Skills answers your table tennis questions. Today, Alois gives his opinion on the importance of the backhand. We discuss whether learning in one area can help you develop in another, whether players really play better when they are cheered for, the trickiness of smashing a high backspin ball, and how to stay relaxed during your shots but still have good control. As always, Supercoach Alois Rosario is here with me to answer your questions. Welcome, Alois. Thank you, Jeffrey. Yes, uh, good morning to everyone and a um, yeah, nice warm night in Melbourne, huh? Yes, it was a nice warm night in Melbourne. Yep, summer is still here. Though we didn't think so a couple of weeks ago when the temperature got pretty low, but um, yes, nice warm night. <laughs> it was indeed. Um, but um, yeah, so we've got some interesting questions there, Jeffrey, and we have had a lot of questions put on by Abdul. We've we've uh, we've kept a couple of them, but uh, I think Abdul asked about ten questions. We were going to be here for an hour and a half. Yeah, exactly. Unfortunately, we're not going to have time to get through all your questions, Abdul. We love your enthusiasm, but we've kept a couple of the good ones, so we'll uh, we'll definitely get onto them for you. Um, Alois. The, the Pinsilla's question of the day yesterday was, has the backhand become more important over the last 10 years? What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I, I think it, it definitely has. Um, you know, certainly you know, uh, 10, 15, 20 years ago, I mean, players used to just get around and use their forehand um, a lot. They used, to, um, they used to pivot a lot and make the forehand um, more and more. I think now, with, especially with the... Um, with the European players, they're tending to use the backhands a lot more. They're starting to uh, to utilise their backhand because the the game is is just too fast for them to uh, to get around and play the forehand. You still see the Chinese though, um, with probably with better footwork, uh, utilising their forehand quite a bit. You know, Ma Long certainly Zhu Xin. I mean, his footwork is just incredible um, and plays forehands almost exclusively. Um, but yes, I think I think uh, especially at the European game, a lot more backhands crept in. Yeah, and I think that the backhand has become a lot more powerful and a lot more of a weapon also over the last ten years. I remember when I was a little kid and watching some footage of the top players in the world, they would if they got into sort of a backhand to backhand rally, it very rarely you would see them hit a winner with that backhand. Like you said, they pivot around and make a winner with the forehand. Whereas now I think the backhand's become more of a weapon. Yeah, that's right. It's, um, yeah, I mean, players are certainly hitting a lot of winners with their backhand. I mean, Krianga is the classic, isn't he? Krianga is just like a, a, a windmill on both sides. He just he just tees off and uh, and hits, tries to hit a winner off uh, off the backhand or the forehand. But yeah, he's uh, he's great to watch. He certainly is an exciting player. All right. So yes, the backhand is really important these days. But like Alois said, if you've got really good footwork, uh, like the Chinese do, they still try and play uh, more forehands in general. Yeah. And um, probably along those lines, Jeff, so Abdul um, has asked us, um, so how does Ma Long get so much power from his backhand shot that he does? Um, and, you know, I think he's he's... Uh, got such incredible balance, such incredible um, technique that 
he um, he can generate a lot of back, uh, power with the back end. So he's he's using he uses his wrist a lot, obviously, to to generate the power and the speed. But it's also a lot about what he's doing with his balance and his movement. So he's in a really good solid position to be able to play. He's not um, you know falling away one way or the other when he's playing that back end. So so one of the real keys for power is good stability, and then the second one is to be able to do a, a correct, uh, do your correct technique, and with the backhand, utilizing a bit more wrist to to get a little bit more power um, on the backhand stroke. Excellent. Uh, yeah, great question, Abdul. Um, now let's jump into another question from Abdul Alloys. He says, "How do you do the fastest legal serve?" Yeah, that's interesting. Um, you, you just can't serve the ball that fast in table tennis because you have to hit the ball um, on your side of the table. So you need to generate a lot of topspin on the ball to be able to uh, to get it uh, fast and up and down really quickly. So being able to generate as much topspin as you possibly can is the real key there. Yes, and I guess um, is there a, we, we actually have a video on how to do a long, fast serve, so I'll put a link in the show notes to that so everyone can check it out at pingskills.com slash blog, slash table tennis blog, yeah. Um, yeah. and you'll find the show notes there. Yeah, the other thing with a fast, with a top, fast top spin serve is as you get to a better level, they're just not effective because it doesn't matter how fast your top spin, or your, your faster serve is, um, your opponent's going to be able to get across and make an attacking stroke off it. So it's really not something that you want to think about trying to develop too much. It's it's better to start to think about serving short with um, with more backspin and sidespin and variation there. That's right. This would have to be used as a, a variation, you know, like a 1 in 50 serve or a 1 in 20 serve or maybe yeah. a 1 in 5 for long serves. I'm not sure, but it's, it's a, a low percentage, isn't it? Yeah, it is. So, um, yeah, not not something that you need to really focus on. Yeah, and I'll also put a link up to the why not to do a plain topspin serve video that we have, which shows why at the higher level probably shouldn't be just serving long all the time. All right. So um, the ping skills question for today, Alois, yep. is where will Portugal be ranked at the end of 2015? So currently, uh, one China, two Germany. Three Japan, four Korea or Korea Republic, five Portugal, six Chinese Taipei, seven Hong Kong, eight Austria, nine France, and ten Sweden. So yeah, give us your thoughts. Where will Portugal be ranked? Um, as always, leave a comment on uh, on our blog. So go to pingsills.com, click on the blog link, and you'll find this show where you can leave a comment. We'd love to hear from you. All right. Now, um, Brock has also um, asked a question using the Q&A app. And Brock says, what's up, Thing Skills? My strokes improve very much every time I practice now. Good to hear, Brock. I played with the tall guy yesterday, and he won. He kicked me. <laughs> he, he beat me really well, he said. But I did win five points against him. He won 21-5, and I'm proud, just so you know. Excellent, Brock. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a long-term process, you know, just being able to uh, improve enough to beat someone that's that's that strong. So, uh, yeah, stick with stick with what you're doing. Keep improving your top spin. It'll get there. 
<laughs> Indeed. Good work, Brock. All right. Um, now, Thomas has asked a question, Alois. He said, recently I watched a live match. Do professional players really play better when they are cheered for? I doubt it. Several times it looked to me like Timo was standing at the table waiting for the spectators to calm down before he's made his serve. Yeah, so uh, so Thomas yeah, attended a match and um, and he said he was, uh, I think, sitting in front of you know people with some drums and all that sort of stuff. So uh, a pretty loud atmosphere, and uh, yeah, he was he was sort of um, doubting whether the players were enjoying that um, situation. Um, interesting. I I I think they do. I think the top players um, enjoy having the uh, the atmosphere there. Um, it's certainly better than Timo's sitting in a in a empty hall and trying to play his best table tennis. I think the um, the atmosphere from the spectators really does add something to um, to a player's motivation or just uh, yeah just getting them to be able to um, to just lift a little bit. Um, the other thing is, I mean, the the professional players are used to it now. You know, the professional players are used to playing when there's play. Uh, Spectators with horns and all sorts of stuff um, going crazy, especially the Germans. The Germans love to get into their um, their, their um, support. They got all sorts of uh, you know clackers and and whirs and things that make a lot of noise when you're playing. So um, the other and, and the other important thing is, I think that you know, I'm sure Timo understands <coughs> that without the spectators, then the game becomes you know defunct. So we need the spectators. We need the, the players there going crazy, being passionate about um, our sport and being passionate about watching um, watching our top players as well. Yes. So uh, did you enjoy playing in front of crowds, Alice? Yeah, I, th I think you, you tend to, you tend, to um, end up blocking them out. So, you know, often um, at large tournaments, um, even if the crowd's not there um, cheering at for your match, they're cheering loudly, and you know they could even be cheering um, really loudly in the middle of rallies and that sort of thing. And, and you do, you just tend to tend to block that out. And yeah, I, I, I did enjoy playing um, in front of the crowds. It was definitely a better atmosphere than than uh, when you had to play in a you know little um, little tournament where where there was no one there and no one really, no one else really cared. Yeah, that's yeah. So, and the other interesting question is though. Do you actually play better when people are cheering for you? Yeah, I, I think so. I think you do um, tend to play a bit better. So you had a, you had an interesting experience, Jeff, when you played at the Olympics. Um, there were a lot of your uh, friends turned up and um, and were going crazy and cheering and had banners and all that sort of stuff. How did, how did that feel? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, really, really good. I mean, I yeah, I think it's much better to play in front of uh, a crowd, and I think yeah. Having friends there does sort of um, help you play a little bit better, I think. You know, because you're a little bit more focused, and and it, it's a good thing. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, it was a funny story actually, because like in Australia, we don't generally get large crowds, but the Olympics was in Sydney, and we went out um, to play against Timo Boll and George Roscoff. And they were, you know, George Roscoff was world doubles champion and uh, Timo Boll was, you know, up and coming and, you know, really highly ranked in the world still. And um, 
we went out, they introduced the Germans, the crowd gave them a little bit of applause, and then they introduced us as the Australians, the home team, and the crowd went nuts. There's like huge cheering and whistling. And I looked over and I saw the Germans just looking at each other, Timo looking at Georg, and they just smiled and laughed. And uh, then they went out and beat us pretty easily, Alois. <laughs> yeah, it was a funny day. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, the, so the cheering... So you think the cheering didn't put Timo Ball off in that situation? Uh, I don't think it really affected him at all. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Anyway, um, let's move on to another question, Alois. So uh, DK has asked a question. He says, if I practice a topspin, everyone says that I should make the stroke relaxed. But when I relax and make the loop freely, it ends up in the net or I miss the ball. Do you have any idea where is my mistake? Yes, there's a, there's a balance between being relaxed and being sloppy. So if you if you stay relaxed, that is ideal. But you've got to make sure that your arm is still moving correctly in the plane of where whatever stroke that you're playing, whether it's the backhand or the forehand or the push or whatever it is. If you're relaxed and you do this. Um, then your stroke becomes. Oh, sorry, we're just having a few internet issues again. I just lost you uh, midway through that. So basically, uh, you were saying you've got to keep your stroke um, with proper technique. So you need the control in the muscles to keep that proper technique. If you get too sloppy, your stroke starts to change and then you're not playing the correct stroke and you're going to get inconsistent results. You might hit one into the net and one off the end. So you need to keep the right um, level of um, control in your muscles to play the forehand stroke quickly, but you don't want to tense up too much, otherwise you, you're not going to be able to move it through quickly. So that, that's what I um, heard you talk about or yep. thought you meant. Yep, that's yeah, absolutely right there, Jeff. That's uh, that's correct. So just making sure that you um, yeah keep that bat going the right direction but being as relaxed as you possibly can with it. Okay. So um, what um, would it be a good idea maybe to just video himself so he can see the stroke and make sure that when are you staying relaxed that it still has the proper technique? Yeah, I think that's that's a really good idea. And also, just when you're playing, just start to tune in to um, your own body and just the feeling that you have when you're playing. So, so just make sure that you are feeling relaxed. Or if you are feeling tight, just understand where that tightness is coming from. Often it comes in the shoulder, and that's that's a really um, a common uh, place that players start to tighten up. They t tighten up here and you see the bunching up of the shoulder. So, um, yeah, so be aware of your own body and um, try and video yourself, see if you can uh, watch what you're doing as well. Okay, all right, DK. So try and pay a bit of attention to your shoulder and see if you can uh, focus on that, um, the, the tension that's in there and see if you can get it relaxed but still with a good um, technique. All right. Um, the next question is from Richard, who says, I find that when I try to smash high returns from my opponent, I, fr I 
frequently badly hit those with heavy backspin. So I'm ready for hitting a winner, but instead it dies into the net. I feel suckered. What shot should I do if I see that type of shot? Yeah, common one, very common one, this one. I see it a lot um, at, uh, when, when I'm coaching. So often when players do a, a top spin serve and your, you know, it could even be a weaker opponent tries to push the ball like that, and they push it and it goes up really high, but it's got a lot of backspin on it. So the ball's up high, but with a heap of backspin. If you just do that, the ball is going to dive off your racket and straight down into the table. So you need to do one of two things: either open the angle of your racket up a little bit when you're playing the shot, or really brush it up and just still lift the ball with some topspin to be able to counter that backspin on it. So even though the ball's up high, you still need to generate a bit of topspin and a little bit of lift, otherwise the backspin is going to drag it straight down. So if the net's here, okay, and the backspin drags it straight down here, um, no good. So you just need to be able to lift it a little bit so it goes over that net. Yes, and I guess it's spin that makes table tennis such an interesting game, Alloy. So that ball looks like it's going to be an easy one, and that's why uh, Richard feels like he's being suckered when he misses it. But I think it's important not to treat that as an easy ball because just the amount of spin on it means it's going to be a little bit tricky. So get in a good position and focus on making the right stroke. Yeah, that, that's good advice. Yeah, um, yeah, your attitude towards the shot, I think, uh, goes a long way as well. So if you, yeah, if you, if you treat it as an easy shot, or just expectations are that you should be able to hit that on easily, well, you haven't accounted for the spin yet. Yes, and we do have a link to um, some videos about smashing a high backspin ball. So again, I'll put them in the show notes for everybody to take a look at. Thanks yeah, for the question, yeah. Richard. Yep. Sorry, yeah. Alice. Yeah, I think they're uh, premium um, Ask the Coach responses, so you're getting a bit of a heads up here, guys. Okay, okay, good one. All right. Um, Abdul asks, who is the better one out of the both of you? Oh, definitely me. Uh, Abdul, it's me, Abdul. Don't listen to Alloy. Sometimes he gives good advice, but here, nah, he's got it wrong. (laughs) (laughs) And Brock's asked, do you think Jan of a Voldner would play one more match before he retires? Oh, I think he should play a thousand matches. I love watching him. Um, yeah, yeah. And now with the Legends Tour, um, he seems to like he might play a lot of table tennis. Yeah, and uh, and gee, he's still good to watch. So if you see any of that Legend stuff, you'll uh, you'll see that he's still got still got the sa- same characteristics, same control. Maybe a little bit slower, you know, but um, gee, he's still good to watch. Indeed. All right. Now, Ariza has asked a question. Ariza says, I felt that my backhand push became spinnier and more consistent after I employed my backhand serve more and more in my game. Is it just my feeling or is it true that a player can improve his or her backhand push through practicing the backhand serve? Yeah, it's it's interesting the connections that we make um, between different aspects of our game. So by practicing your backhand serve, perhaps you've started to get the feel of the brushing contact, which then in turn has helped you to link that to your to your backhand push. Um, 
yeah, that's worked really well for you. Um, it may not work for everyone, but it might work for other players as well. So, um, yeah, it's it it's good to just try to find those connections between um, things that you're learning. Um, you know, often I link players' forehands with their backhands. So um, a player might have a good forehand topspin, but you don't, um, and but they don't have a, a backhand topspin. So if you start to tune into the feelings that you're getting when you're playing your forehand topspin, the timing, the contact, and then try to transfer those same feelings over to the backhand, um, sometimes that works. So in this case with you, uh, Ariza, so your backhand serve um, contact has, has translated well to improving your backhand push. Yeah, it is interesting. And I think, uh, yeah, I guess the general question is, can learning in one area help you in another alloys? Yeah, and, I, and, and, and definitely can. So... Um, which is what yes. you said. <laughs> so, so I'll just ask the question again. But, uh, yeah. but I guess it's, it is a good point. And I, I feel like, yeah, like you said, if you make connections in one area, it can help your understanding in another. So it's, I think it's good to think about these things outside of your practice and see how one area can help the other. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, it's all about it's all about having awareness and thinking during your training and, and just trying to... Um, to find the, the best way to improve your game. Okay, excellent. That that sounds good. All right, um, uh, one more quick uh, question from Brock Alois. He says, how old were you guys when you first competed in a tournament? Yeah, I was nine. So I'd you know, been hitting around um, probably for a couple of years before that. But, yeah, I remember my first tournament very clearly, nine years old. Okay, yes, I think I was 13 years old, Brock, so a little bit later than Alois. All right, everyone, well, thanks for the questions. That wraps up today's show. I hope you've enjoyed it. Make sure you check out our website at pingskills.com and you can click on the blog link to find all the previous Ask the Coach shows. We've got heaps of them now. This is up to 74, so you'll find them all there. Um, thank you, Alois, for answering all those questions. Thank you, Jeffrey, and remember who's the best, guys. <laughs> yes, it's me. <laughs> See you, everyone. Have a great day. Bye.